Welcome to Pennsylvania in Focus. I'm Kristen Smith, Pennsylvania News Editor for the Center Square. Joining me today is the Center Square's Pennsylvania reporter, Anthony Hennon. This week, Anthony spoke to the Well Done Foundation, a cleverly named organization that fundraises money to plug abandoned oil and gas wells across Pennsylvania, which we have hundreds of thousands. This is notable considering how much state and federal funding is available to tackle the issue, but the foundation says that the public money can hurt more than it helps. Anthony, will you tell us why that is? Every time I talk to someone about this involved, they always emphasize how every oil and gas well is different, even if they're the same space, even if they're within sight of each other. The complexities of plugging these can really vary. So sometimes you'll get lucky and you can spend 30000 fixing one of these things. Other times it can be as much as 300000 or more. So the funding really varies here. But when we're looking at it, I wouldn't say it's only these nonprofit fillers or privately capping fillers are simply more efficient and more uh, they, they do it better than you know when state money's coming into it. Uh, I think the bigger issue here is just the the timetable laid out by the federal government and the uh, the list of wells that state governments have to do this. So Pennsylvania alone estimates for abandoned uh, oil and gas wells vary between 200,000 and 800,000, depending on how you're counting them. And so with the recent federal funding that was rolling in from the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act from last year, that basically sent about $25 million in the first round to Pennsylvania. And over the next decade, Pennsylvania is expecting to receive 300 to $400 million to plug these. The issue comes from, you know, a lot of states don't necessarily want to have a long list of abandoned oil and gas wells because it makes them look bad. It makes it look like they've been either lazy on this or neglectful of their duties. So a lot of these oil wells are not necessarily the top priorities. They may not be leaking as much methane as others. They may not pose as big of a, a threat to human health as others. But it tends to be when you're looking at these lists, the wells on there are the ones that are easier to find and probably easier to plug. And the, with the federal money coming in, there's a very aggressive timeline to get a lot of these oil wells under contract to be plugged. So there wasn't a lot of time to really direct where these money, where this money is going. There wasn't a lot of time to prioritize the worst ones. You know, there's this big push to make sure that they're showing action is being taken. We're getting, you know, X number of wells capped. And, you know, there, there's some pitfalls there simply because you want to show you're getting something done. So you're just doing it as quick as you can, or at least getting these contracts done as quick as they can. And you also have federal strings, um, prevailing wage requirements, um, requiring people being paid you know, on at a union level versus a cheaper non-union level. Having to source materials or labor from American companies rather than foreign companies. A lot of these different things can really add up and make the project cost balloon. So when you have this private funding or this nonprofit funding, you're not necessarily tied to doing that. So you can really cap wells at a cheaper price or at least a more efficient price than some of these uh, some of this activity that's being federally funded. Right. I know that the legislature has been looking into this issue for years. The estimates of how many uh, abandoned wells we have in Pennsylvania are anywhere from 300,000 to as many as 800,000. I think the DEP at one point suggested it was around 500,000. There's a lot of disputed numbers here, but what we know is that it's a significant amount, probably higher than a lot of states in this country. And the legislature, although they've really looked into additional state dollars as well as federal dollars to assist this problem, many have lamented that we have to have multiple ways to address this. Now, this is this is a newer way of doing it that I've never really come across before, but I think what 
you touched on in your article something too that might be worth expanding on, which is this process is incredibly involved. Even if we had all the money that we could possibly need to do this, can you talk about how long and how involved it is just to cap one well? Yeah. Um, so again, you know, every well is different. It can really vary here. But generally, they're eyeballing the timeline as between eight to 12 months. Um, you know, you have to get the right, you have to figure out who wants the land, you have to figure out who owns the mineral rights. Um, you have to figure out where the well actually is, because that can also be difficult. Um, a lot of these are either in forests or kind of out of the way. So you might have to go logging through a forest to put down a road to get to these wells in the first place. You might have to put down a well pad because you need modern equipment to get in there. There's a lot that can go into this, just aside from permitting, from ownership tracing, that sort of thing. So that can be an issue. Yeah, it, it gets it gets very involved. It can get very complicated here. But some of this is miles from anyone. Others can just feed away from some homes that they just recently discover. A lot of these tend to be up in uh, Pennsylvania's northern tier or wherever historically we've seen oil and gas development. You know, some of these are relatively new. Others are decades and decades old. So it gets it gets really complicated just tracing these. You also have the issue of the people who have the expertise and the skill to cap these are also still working in the oil and gas industry. So if you're having you know booming times or really a really productive time, there might be a shortage of labor, or it might be costly to pull that labor away from working on some other fracked well. So you know you have those issues going into it. Um, there's a lot of moving parts here, I suppose. And even just on the uh, state side, the, D- the Department of Environmental Protection, they're relatively shorthanded on inspectors. When you look at where Pennsylvania has capped wells or looking at the wells they have under contract to be capped, um, there's still a lot of uh, either inspection reports that are very vague, contracts that are very vague about the location. They lack before and after photos of wells that have been plugged. It's very difficult for the public to actually trace these. Um, it's difficult to keep up with transparency and accountability issues of making sure these caps are done well, of making sure that the higher priority ones are going, and just making sure that we're not capping wells who have traceable owners. If there's an owner, we want them to deal with this. We don't want this to fall on the public because this really adds up. Um, this adds up quickly to a hefty taxpayer cost. Right. You ended your story with that very valid point that the more public money that is spent, the more public money is taxpayer money at the end of the day. And that's where it's coming from is your wallet to fix a problem that you didn't create. So we will be continuing to follow Pennsylvania's efforts to cap its oil and and gas wells, especially as the federal government really tries to help us and other states with that effort. Listeners can keep up with this story and more at thecentersquare.com. For Anthony Hennon, this is Kristen Smith. Please subscribe and thanks for listening. 